0: Well, hey there, welcome to episode one of the Eden podcast. We created this podcast as a result of last week's sermon where there was just so much response to the message that was preached. And we wanted to be able to create a space where we can continue the conversation, maybe address some points that were a little confusing or if people had any questions for us. I'm Mark. I'm the worship leader here at Eden Church, and I'm joined by Pastor Daniel Atondo, the lead pastor at Eden Church. Daniel, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, man, and I'm so excited that we're going to have an
1: opportunity to continue the conversation. And I, this was really your idea, and I love it because uh, last week when we started the conversation about marriage and relationships, I got more feedback from my message than any message that I've ever taught on before, and so it was it was. It was almost like this opportunity for us to say, man, how could we allow, give people an opportunity to ask those questions and then to get some feedback um, from uh, from me and then even some thoughts from you? And just just this is just a way for a platform for us to keep the conversation going. And um, and I really think that it also helps our people to be even more engaged on Sunday morning as they're hearing stuff and they're processing it, they know that there's gonna be an outlet for them to respond and to have some questions. So I'm really, really excited that we have an opportunity to, to answer perhaps tougher questions or to clarify points that, that were made on Sunday that
0: weren't as clear as I would've hoped they would be. Totally, and just to keep everyone up to date, right now we are going through a series called The Vow. Daniel, do you have any thoughts about the series and what we're kind of talking about for the next couple of weeks? Yeah, this has been really a fun series to do.
1: One of the reasons why I feel like it's so fun is because anytime I teach on something, I feel like I gain so much more from it for my own personal life and it causes me to reflect on things. And so this has been really healthy for my own marriage. And uh, and so I I love talking about areas of my life that I probably naturally wouldn't give energy to. Um, so it's really, really great. And I, and I know that it really has maybe hit a nerve with a lot of our people and some of the experiences that that they've been going through because marriage is like one of those... I mean, it's in a lot of cases, it's the most important... In every case, it's the most important relationship uh, that you have outside of your relationship with God. And so the challenge for many people is that a lot of people didn't grow up in a home where maybe they feel like they had the best model of what marriage looked like. And so there are a lot of people in our culture that are getting married but how to navigate some of the the difficulties of that relationship uh, has just never been a part of the conversation and so that's part of what we've been trying to do is really help people give people some tools and some principles to navigate their own relationship and and to really strive to have a great marriage that that honors the other person but also honors God
0: totally and so you can keep up with the series on SoundCloud You can look up Eden Church, or you can also look up Eden on Apple Podcasts, where we upload all the sermons, so we encourage you to check them out, take a listen, and then come back here for the conversation. But let's dive in. So last week, yesterday actually, the message kind of focused around this idea of mutual submission, and that's kind of a scary word, I think, when I hear that personally. So can you kind of clarify that, or can you give maybe some examples of what that looks like?
1: Yeah, no, and you were not the only one, Mark. When I <laughs> when I uh, kind of read through the passage this week, I felt like I could hear uh, someone take a deep breath, If, but it was so quiet. It was like deafening silence in the room. And so um, I think that for us in our culture, that word submission has really been a pressure point. It's been a, a point of contention. And I really think that, like all throughout history, people have used the Bible and verses in the Bible, taken them out of context and used them to um, to a lot of times further whatever you know kind of personal philosophy they have. And uh, and I think that this this is the the passage that we tackled this week was one of those types of controversial verses. And uh, and so we were looking at Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty-two through. 27 actually it was really 21 through 27 and Paul starts off with giving wives uh, some direction on how to give on how to do their part to contributing to a great marriage and right away he it says wives submit to your husbands and so as soon as those words came out of my mouth I felt like
0: that it almost sucked the air out of the room did you did you feel that at all kind of yeah and even just going over the slides this week I was like, man, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a spicy week. But yeah, I, I totally could feel that. Yeah, and
1: I think that part of the reason why is because people in 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 a lot of ways have really, uh, just and this is just in my study, so it's possible for someone to listen to this podcast and walk away from a, with a very different interpretation of Ephesians chapter five. But I felt like a lot of times we approach that passage and we view it as the wives only submitting to husbands. And so obviously that causes a lot of contention because sometimes people will equate that word submission and and maybe think that if wives have to submit to their husbands, then they're of lesser value or they have less authority in the relationship, less worth. But that's not actually what the passage is teaching at all. And we talked about this on Sunday a little bit where... Um, the words, the verb "submit" isn't even in our oldest Greek manuscripts, and and so then we were asking, you know, how how do we know that that word should even be there? Well, it's because it was based on verse twenty one, which said both people, both husband and wife, were to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, and so that to me helps to helps to really bring the value of that that verse that it's not just wives submitting to husbands but husbands also submit to wives out of reverence for Christ but the way in which we do that is is the unique part the calling for the wife is unique submission for the wife is unique to compared to the submission toward the husband so um so that that's kind of the tension that that people feel when they listen to that or when they read that verse
0: yeah and Practically, though, what do you think that looks like in, a, you know, in people's marriages, in people's relationships, people's lives? Do you have any like examples of what maybe that would look like? Yeah,
1: uh, that's a good question, and I loved that someone asked that because um, I actually felt like I took a lot of time ex- trying to explain the verse but didn't give a lot of practical examples of what that might look like. Um, but I think that sub- mutual submission... in in that type of relationship can look like a lot of different things. Like, let's say after church or on a Friday night, you guys, you and your spouse are deciding where to go to dinner or grab lunch. um, And one person wants to go to the counter and the other person wants to go to Mendocino Farms. I think that that is an opportunity, as small and maybe insignificant as it seems, that's an opportunity to demonstrate submission to the other person. And so I think that the value, I mean, and so there are a number of different examples that we could give where, you know, one spouse thinks, you know, they should do one thing, whether it's, you know, what career path should they choose or do they want to buy a house or they want to live in the same city. But there are any number of different examples that you could come to or that you could think about where one spouse has one perspective and the other one has the other perspective what mutual submission is is the willingness to give value to greater value to the other person's perspective to the other person's opinion and so you're sort of surrendering your own perspective whether or not you think it's right or wrong but you're saying you know based on whatever reason I'm going to submit to your perspective on this particular issue but I ultimately think that's what that's what submission looks like in everyday life it is those moments where perhaps you have a different perspective on something, and you're attributing greater value to someone else's perspective besides your own, so.
0: Yeah, totally. Part of me, though, when I hear that, kind of feels like there's a, there's a leeway for that to get abused, especially, for example, if there's different personalities or strengths of personalities. How do you find that balance between just kind of letting people have their way versus this mutual submission?
1: Man, that's that is such a good question, and uh, and I think that you know there's always that danger. Like when you're when you're speaking at church, um, or when I'm speaking on a regular basis, I can't qualify every statement that I make because if I did, I would say very few things. I can't always qualify some of what I say. But but part of what we were talking about was this idea of in marriage, if you want to have a great marriage part of having a great marriage, part of mutual submission is coming to that point in your life or in your, in your own heart where you view someone else in, in a way that, that says, I owe them, they owe me nothing, and I feel like I owe them everything. But, um, but that's, that's sort of a philosophy or, or a principle or a mentality that you walk into that relationship with um, but I think that it can so easily be abused. It can so easily be, uh, someone could be easily take advantage of, and I don't think that that's what Paul was saying, was for wives to be a doormat or for husbands to be a doormat. I think whenever we talk about these principles, it does take a certain degree of wisdom in how we're going to apply that to our life. Like how, what does that mean in this environment um, but, but obviously if, if someone's being abused or if, if there's mental health issues, uh, in the relationship, I think that all of that really does need to be taken into account. So really what we're talking about is assuming that, that there are two people who, who both want to work toward having a better marriage, um, then then these principles will be really, really effective. I even think in some cases where if there's one person that's committed to having a great marriage and the other person is perhaps passive about it or they're unaware of some of the the conflict that's emerging in their relationship, um, I think that it's still effective. But I think that in in certain circumstances um, that you know you have to honor God with your heart. You have to treat the other person with love and respect, um, but um, but at, but but there are some circumstances where these
0: these principles need to be applied with wisdom. Yeah, totally. And it's interesting too because it sounds like there is this balance between submitting because you want to and because you you love that person, but then at the same time, here's a verse from the Bible that says, "Hey, you need to submit." So how, there's like this tension of doing it because you have to but then also doing it because you want to how do you find that that balance because you can't ha- it's not either or it's it's kind of both and right
1: yeah that is such a good question so you're saying how do you how do you have the right heart yeah. in that moment where you're submitting to the other person not just because you feel obligated to do it but mm-hmm. because because you kind of hope that you would want to do it but but there's also a passage in the Bible that's saying, you know, this is this is the proper mode of yeah. of relational patterns. That's a good question.
0: And I feel like that transcends just marriage and relationships, though. That's everything with our relationship with God, with each other, whether it's like spouses or or friends or anything like that. I feel like there's always that tension of doing it because it's objectively right and better, but at the end of the day too, our hearts should be in it. Right. So,
1: yeah. And I, and I think, I I mean, I don't know the ultimate answer to that, but I don't, you know, I I don't think that obligation is like the highest, the best motivation for something, but I also don't think it's the worst motivation. Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, I feel like if in marriage or in anything, uh, you're in a, you're in a, like if every decision that you're doing is, in, that you're making is based out of an obligation to do it, that's probably an unhealthy sit, w- situation that you're in. But if if 90% of the time you're doing it because you love someone and you're passionate about it, uh, and there's like a 10% time where it's like, okay, now I kind of feel obligated, um, that's probably a healthier ratio. But I would say that I don't think, I personally don't think that uh, duty is is a horrible motivation. I think it is a horrible motivation if that's like your primary motivation, a hundred percent of the time. But I think that sometimes we do operate out of duty. Sometimes we have we do things even when we don't want to do it. Um, and I think that even in marriage, sometimes you're you're taking out the trash because your wife <laughs> asked you to, to take out the trash, and you're not necessarily like jumping up and celebrating uh, to do that. But I also think like when it's Valentine's Day and you want to celebrate your spouse, if you're doing that out of obligation, um, that's that. I feel like that. Those are some things to pay attention to. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but that's a great question, and I don't, I don't completely know. But I, I think you live in that tension. Yeah, and I think
0: just a disclaimer too: we don't, we're not experts on this. We, I'm not, you know, we, we, we don't claim to have authority necessarily on on this. Um, I'm single; I'm not married or anything like that. And and you mentioned it in the sermon too that. You know, you know, we're all works in progress and we, we all haven't made it yet, right? So I think yeah. that's another thing that's just super important to to note is that we're all on a journey together.
1: Yep. No, that's such a good point. And and what I've talked about early on in the message was that like just because I'm teaching on this stuff, this is not stuff that I have like perfected or I've arrived at even in our own marriage. Um but but I do research and I'm looking at what, what people who have great marriages say about how to have a great marriage. And and applying it to my own life, and 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 finding value in those principles and in the truth of God's word, and so it's from that place that I share this information, not from a place of like, man, I've got our marriage, we never argue or uh, we never have conflict, or you know, any uh, that that is not the perspective that, that I come at this with. I come at it really from humility because you know what's funny is that I talk, I talked about um, early on in our marriage. Sunday mornings were like the worst and most difficult time. Mm. uh, We would just always have conflict. And so I don't know if that was like spiritual attack or what was going on, but there just seemed to be a regular pattern of that. But now it's like even when I teach on relationships, I notice that it's like I have to keep my marriage on guard during those times Mm. because um, it's just just kind of what happens. So, yeah.
0: And that's something, too, I've realized that I've kind of had a – misconception about I think a lot of times when we see people giving some sort of talk or when you watch a TED talk or you go to some sort of convention I think you automatically assume that whoever's talking is an expert on this field and I think we kind of bring that to church too when we kind of have that thinking of hey you're the pastor you're supposed to have your life together you're supposed to know exactly what what to say and to speak into these situations and I I think I've been realizing too that that's totally not the case about that.
1: Yeah, no, and I think, yeah, and I think that's so good, too, and I love that we get to start a church, and and a lot of the people that are part of our community are people who are just figuring out faith or trying to understand faith for the first time, and so they really have like no cultural sense of what church should be or what the pastor should be, and I'm grateful that like we have the opportunity to kind of shape that and to say like, man, I, I'm, I'm on the journey with you, too. At the same time, I do think, like you know there's I, I people know that I'm I'm pursuing Jesus and I'm trying and you know I'm 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 walking with God and and there's an element where God has you know transformed my life but at the same time I'm just I'm on the journey with everyone else and every season I'm I'm figuring out how to apply his truth to my life in a different way
0: yeah totally and so kind of th- Changing gears, too, we, you know, we're talking about marriage, and this is a series that's focused primarily on marriage, but I do think there is a certain demographic of people who aren't there yet, right? They're, they're either single or they're in a relationship and they're moving towards marriage, but I feel like this idea of mutual submission is something that transcends marriage, right? That's something that we can all be practicing in our relationships with everyone else around us, so can you kind of speak into that, too? Like, how are, how are ways that you can do that with people around you, not just... Your spouse, yeah,
1: no, I think that that is so true. Um, I and because I think that with every relationship that we have, we have the potential to influence people. And I feel like what my my hope is, I mean, this may just be my unique, my person, my wiring, and how God made me. But it's like, man, I I want people to walk away from, you know, a, a an encounter. I want to, you know, if I meet someone, it's like, man, I want them to feel lifted up. I want them to be feel like they're cared for and and valued. But I think that this idea of of mutual submission is is just is hu- submission in general is is just a huge way for people who follow Jesus to really show the love of Jesus to their world around them. And that could be as you know the first thing that kind of comes to mind is if I'm having a conversation with someone and maybe they don't have the same viewpoints that I do it's like i my i don't have the burden in my heart to to make sure that by the end of that conversation they see things the way that i do but it really is you know giving freedom and value to someone's perspective um whether it's politically or even some religious values or or um i mean really whatever it is i feel like that that is the heart that i that i think um Really adds value to relationship is this, that willingness to value someone's life more than your own.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think it's definitely countercultural, especially where we're at in the Silicon Valley, where it's very much doing what you need to do to elevate yourself and kind of putting advancing yourself in life and working really hard. And you know, it's it seems like it's very much self-driven. And I think that's the beauty of this modeling what Jesus did is by putting others before ourselves.
1: Yeah, that is such a great thought because, I, I mean, in this area, it is a cutthroat environment, and I feel like I feel it. Um, we work out of a co-working space, and so there are a bunch of startup organizations all around us, and great people love them. But you can tell that these people are, in, in our environment are really operating with a lot of tenacity, and they're getting after it, and they're doing what they need to do to help their organization survive, and uh and, and when you're in kind of that survival mode, you are kind of thinking, you know, like dog eat dog. I've got to I've got to make sure I take care of myself. Um, but I do think that the gospel and the heart of Jesus sort of flips that upside down, and really produces a. I, I don't know. Did you just say counterculture? Yeah, counterculture. I think that yeah. that's a perfect way to describe what this does to
0: your relationships and the way that you see other people. And it's funny too because. Just from my experiences interacting with other people who aren't necessarily Christian, it's funny how a lot of times people's perception of the Bible or Jesus is something that it's kind of countercultural, but in a bad way, where they're kind of citing examples of, for example, like verses like the ones in Ephesians that we're talking about, where people have used those and abused them, and kind of used it to kind of suggest that chauvinism is okay or that men are superior to women and it's kind of interesting to see how other people view uh, scripture and things like that when it's through that lens of how it's this kind of backwards antiquated yeah. uh, way of life. And I think it's interesting how you kind of meso- mentioned on on Sunday how it's that's kind of not the case. Can you Do you want to dive into that a little bit more of kind of like how either A, how it's been abused and then also kind of like how it's not
1: yeah, I mean, I just think that, like, when you look at even the history, and I mean, the history in any in any culture, um, f- at any point, in I would say in most cases that women have been a marginalized people group. Um, I mean, I think I'm 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 not looking up at any stats right now, so I think, but I think that the women's suffrage movement happened like in the 1920s. Yeah. So that meant that women couldn't vote until.
0: Uh, Hundred years ago. Yeah,
1: like, I mean, and and that's crazy to think that they weren't given, that they weren't viewed in such a way that their that their their thoughts or their perspective on how to lead the country was even taken into account. And so I think that, and you know, I've been I've been in environments and no one's perfect, but 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 if you grow up in a culture where it, you know, it, it promotes this mentality that women are supposed to live in a certain space, or, or, you know, women have to be at home with the kids, or they're supposed to be the ones cooking, or whatever. I think that the, that type of mentality has been born out of some of some of the misinterpretation of passages like Ephesians chapter 5, but the funny thing is that that's not even what it says, and in fact, there, w- there was great, almost greater sacrifice or submission attributed to the, the role of the husband to, um, to help their wives become who God created them to be, and so I just think it's a it's just a sad and dangerous thing, obviously we 're not perfect um, and, and you know no one interprets the Bible perfectly, but I think that that in these cases um, you, you kind of have clarity about how those verses were abused in our culture
0: yeah and and so we're, we're a couple of guys talking about this, so I don't know if we're like complete authorities. Like, I know, to this is so, that. Bad. <laughs> but, this but is so actually, bad. But but I actually bring it back to, to men and I have something that you said, and it was saying how there is greater sacrifice on, on the part of guys and to kind of help their spouses become the best versions of what God intended them to be. What, what does that look like? You know, that's something that's definitely, I think, that's super important, but like what does that look like Functionally,
1: yeah. I, I mean, I, I have. I wouldn't say he's a mentor, but uh, he's a, he's, he's a CEO here in the Bay Area, and he wrote a book on like balancing faith, family, and work, something like that. And uh, and I remember I read the book. I had an opportunity to meet with him, and he challenged me. He said, "Why don't you write down your life's goals? Like, what do you want to happen in your life, and what do you want that balance to look like, and define it." And so I remember as I was going through that process, um, the phrase that kind of came to mind in terms of like, what are, what are my life's goals? Um, for for me, in terms of family, the phrase that I put down is that if my wife is not achieving her goals in life, then I'm not achieving mine. And I wanted to carry that as like a weight of responsibility. And again, I'm not perfect at this, but I think that that every every goal that my wife has, like the way that God had wired her, and the passion or the desires that he gives her—it's like, man, I want to be her biggest fan. I want to be someone who can sacrifice to help her get there. And so for us, I think that you know, my wife wants to live a healthy life, and so she works out at seven o'clock in the morning. And so what, on a pra- like a really practical level, what that looks like is I get, I feed the kids breakfast, I get them ready, and I take them to school, so that she has some margin to go and exercise and work out and then I'll bring our youngest son back home and she watches him for the rest of the day. So, I mean, that's um, that's kind of what that balance looks like for us and in, in wanting each other to succeed or husbands wanting, you know, wives to succeed in their own goals.
0: That's awesome. And I think for me, what I'm hearing is it's not one or the other. I think a lot of times in a lot of different aspects of life, it seems like it's either black or white or one or the other. And I think like it's, it's awesome that it's a both and situation and that one person helping out the other doesn't come at the expense of the other person's goals, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean you, and, and I think that's, that happens in like an ideal situation, but I would say that, you know, my wife has sacrificed so much for us to plant a church. And even though she, like this is part of her vision too, for her life, um, she didn't get to do a master's level education or whatever, and I've been able, you know, she's given me the freedom to pursue further education and and all that sort of thing. So, um, so she, I, you know, and I think this is like part of it is like I, I, I feel like I owe her a lot, and mm-hmm. and and so yeah. So I think you know that sacrifice is a real thing. It's not an easy thing. It's a pain. It's a. It's called. I feel like. You know, Jesus' sacrifice wasn't easy for yeah. us, and it doesn't always feel amazing. But it is kind of the greater value that you that you that you want to be a part of the character of your your relationship. Is that mutual sacrifice? So, so yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the conversation that we
0: we uh we've had, I guess, since yeah, Sunday. Yeah, this was good. This is a good first episode, I think. So we have some big news coming up, too, that we're going to be rolling out in a few, next week, actually. So if you are in the Silicon Valley, stop by our church, check out our social media. We'll definitely be doing another one of these next week, so bring questions, and I think this was something that I think a lot of people can, can grow from. I definitely want to continue like interacting and continuing the conversation is there anything else you wanted to to plug before we wrap this up
1: no i'm just so excited that we get to have the continue the conversation and we are going to make some uh big announcement uh this sunday about the future of eden and so uh if you're listening to this podcast we would love for you to join us we meet there every sunday uh 10
0: o'clock 10 o'clock castlemont Elementary, Castle. Element,
1: west san jose campbell area so if you're nearby join us it's going to be going to be a great great season so
0: awesome well th- thanks daniel for your time to record this podcast and if you're listening thanks for giving us your time and hopefully we'll have a link in the description for you to send any questions in our links to our social media accounts will be there too but that was episode one thank you so much for listening
1: Woo-hoo!